Ben Jawalski, what's going on? I am really excited to be here today. It's been a little while. I feel like it's been forever since Miami, even though it was only like a week and a half ago. I know. And well, what everyone missed, we actually recorded another episode that's going to go unaired because it sounded like hot garbage. Uh, oh, so the second one was bad, but we was, thought that one was better, right? It was so noisy there. Really? It was, I mean, first of all, big thank you to Wadapalooza for having us because I, you know, I certainly don't want to seem ungrateful, but we were right next to the Flagler stage and it was so noisy. You couldn't hear a thing. It was like almost impossible to record, but it was still fun to do that. Good, good thing we got the one where we're, you know, kind of tipsy during it. So fantastic. Glad, glad the sober one wasn't released. Yeah, it was a, yeah, well, sober for you. Um, no, they were all good. I, <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. I mean, I had a good time. I, uh, I survived the week. I came back a pound lighter, by the way, survived my, my little diet while I was down there. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I know. I, uh, we're going to talk about our, our sponsor, UCAM, because they were, I'm going to give them big props for this dude. So I ran in, uh, ran into Scott from UCAN and their uh, CEO while we were there. And I was chatting them up of, about their product. And I always find it funny, like when I get to talk to people that work for them or like are active users, because I feel like I'm like a homer, you know, like I'm just, you know, they pay me. So I got to talk about their product, but I love that stuff, dude. And uh, it saved my bacon in Wadapalooza. I, uh, I had it like kind of down to a science of how many proteins and carbs I needed each day. And so it was like the perfect breakfast to throw one of those in with protein to get my carbs and protein uh, to go out into the, you know, the, the event and the chaos that is the event. Yeah. Well, look, I don't walk 15 to 17,000 steps a day. And that's what it is at one of those events. You're just walking around all day. And so I needed energy. So I'm like, all right, we're going to take some UCAM bars. And I'm telling you, dude, like I was tired, but I'm absolutely positive that it gave me enough sustained output to like survive those, you know, until lunch when you're, you know, you walk around, you do half your walking through the first half of the day and you're just exhausted and then you got to eat. Like it was a big deal. Stuff's good, man. I just smashed two bars myself. I have had zero time to eat between shooting with the guys who are currently in the back of the studio right now, uh, recording a podcast and some videos. And I smashed two protein bars because. That's what I am now. I'm just a protein bar guy, but it's good because I'm going to be less hangry during this wonderful interview, this wonderful guest appearance that we have going on today. Hey, look, I I'm, I'm with you on the protein bar thing. Cause I've been, I did a lot on that trip. I, first of all, I would tell anyone go eat whole foods before you just, you know, pound protein bars. Yeah, don't know, do day, what I do day in and day out, but like they have their place. And I, you know, I like you can, cause it's a super starch. Um, and what I think it does and what their science will tell you is that it gives you sustained output, reduces fatigue. It keeps your blood sugar stable, which is the most important thing, which for me helps control hunger. And that's where I really struggle. I don't know what you get like, but like I get to one of those events and I start see people selling, you know, those, those cookies were on sale at Wadapalooza. I'm like, oh, those yeah, I just, good. I, I just cookies. eat it when I'm hungry. I just eat stuff. That's what I do. Yeah. But it keeps me focused, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. and so for me, that's the big deal. And I, you know, I would really tell people you should try it. We'll give you a discount. If you try it 20% off, if you go to youcan.co uh, and use our code scale, you get 20% and it's great. So Knock it out. So anyway, there's the plug. Let's talk about our guests tonight. We never have guests on here. Or hardly ever have guests on here. Yeah, we've had a couple, uh, but I'm super stoked for this one. Uh, I know I met him at Wadapalooza. When did you meet him, this mystery guest of ours? Uh, well, it, it, if they're watching on video, it's not much of a mystery. But, Whatever. Uh, uh, no, so um, 
I'm going to butcher your name again, Tom. But so we were like, I'm the only non-Polish person on here, so I should make Ben do this. But Tom Miazga, did I get it right? Nailed it, dude. Nailed oh, it. Boom, Nailed it. Got it. Got Let's it. Go. <laughs> I'm so Polish. I asked him if it was Italian. Yeah. <laughs> Before the show. Oh, you Italian? No, uh, like you, Ben. <laughs> yeah. So I guess Tom, I met I like like most people, I met Tom virtually, you know, mm-hmm. through others. Like I have a lot of friends in the adaptive community. And the funny thing, I haven't, I haven't even told you this, Tom, but everyone's like, you gotta meet Tom. Like he's the man, you know. <laughs> like you have this like reputation in the adaptive community. And oh, I was cool. I was interviewing um Kevin Ogar. And I said to him, like, hey, anybody you think we should have on the show? And he's like, oh, I absolutely got to get Tom. Like, Tom's the guy. He's a pretty boy. That's what he called you. He's a pretty boy. <laughs> get him on. The women love him. He's super fit. He was just ra- and just raving about you. And I love Kevin. Like, I, I just think the world of that dude. So I'm like, well, if Kevin likes you, you must be all right. So uh, here we are. And so when I saw him at, Wat- at Wadapalooza, I'm like, hey, you got to come on the show. And he goes, absolutely not. And I'm like, no, nah, you got to do it. And so. Now we're all together. So and then you the gave show. him five dollars to show up, and here he is. Yeah. Yep. It was awesome. No, I'm excited to be here, guys. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's uh, yeah, a pleasure to finally meet both of you guys in person. I know. I feel like I've, John. I feel like I met you virtually. I don't even know how long ago at this point, but just kind of like probably DMing you as a fanboy, just like loving the page and just all <laughs> about it, and just like maybe you'll respond to me. And and now here we are together. So it's pretty cool. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see you post stuff, and I'm just like, well, I can't do what he's doing, so screw that guy. <laughs> uh, like just, just pure jealousy at your muscle up game. Um, oh boy! So you had a you had a really good Wadapalooza, right? Yeah, it was very successful. It was a lot of fun. Um, it was uh, about as well as it could have gone, I think. Um, other than doing more reps than I needed to in a couple of events, I was uh, pretty pleased with it. So yeah, I was happy to actually. Uh, Adaptive athletes had five events and came in with five Ws. So nothing wrong with that, dude. That's that's amazing. How many of these things have you won now? So what all CrossFit competitions have you done and won at this point? Yeah, so I actually have a man. I've only gotten to the game. I started at my first open was in 2017. So I haven't been in CrossFit incredibly long. It's been about five years. Um, was fortunate enough to actually win the open in 2017. Um, and then I think out of pure shock of winning it, I didn't go to the games thinking I wasn't ready for it. I was just kind of like, what is this? I don't know what I'm getting myself into and kind of was overwhelmed by the situation. Um, but since then in 2018, uh, and on, we had a little lull in 2020 with COVID, but, um, I was able to go to Wadapalooza in 2019. Uh, and then again this year. So I've only been twice, um, 2020, or I guess it was canceled last year. And then the year before that, they had moved it because of the Super Bowl, I think. And it moved into it um, like a month later, which totally inf- conflicted with work. Uh, I'm a swim coach by day. And we had our high school state meet that same weekend. So I was like, well, can't really miss that at this point. But um, beyond that, I've done um, the Wheelwide Games, the uh, CrossFit Open every single year. Um, and just trying to get us publicly out there as I can. I've done a couple of events here in Milwaukee. Um, but no, I've really just kind of leaned into the wheel wide organization and whatever they offer. I'm, I'm trying my best to get there. So, well, you, you kind of glaze over wheel wide. Like it was just an afterthought when they're really kind of the benchmark for uh, adaptive athlete competitions. You've won that four yeah. times, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, definitely fortunate to have that opportunity to travel up to Collingwood a couple of years. Uh, this past year, we were just down in Raleigh, North Carolina for the wheel wide CrossFit games. And uh, yeah, I'm happy to say I'm the uh, current and four time uh, fittest seated man on earth. So that's, 
pretty fun title. <laughs> That's that. Speaking of Raleigh, actually, some one of the guys, uh, the videographer in the back right now, is from Raleigh, and he was telling me that what is it, Noose River CrossFit? Yeah, I believe Noose River and, CrossFit. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I was just talking to him about. It. He said, "Oh yeah, they do a ton of adaptive stuff," and just so random that he yeah. mentioned that to me. You know, about like thirty minutes ago. So <laughs> very cool. Nice. Yeah. Well, when you think of Wheel of Wide, you think. Chris Stoutenberg, you think Kevin Ogar, and then you think Johnny Prescott. And Johnny is the owner of Noose River in North Carolina. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, he was, um, I think, in general, they were looking for a more centralized location for all the international athletes that were coming through. And um, as great as Collingwood was, it was just really out of the way. So yeah. it was like 90 minutes to the nearest airport in Toronto. Um, small, beautiful town, like incredible town, but it was uh, it's just, I think the, the travel haggles were just too much. And so I think being in the U S and being more centralized just made a lot more sense. And yeah, yeah Johnny and the whole Noose river gang and we just threw an absolutely incredible event down there. Uh, we had the games just this past November. So it was like actually a really great training time that the Wadapalooza qualifiers were in like mid October. So it was a really nice like lead up and a good way to kind of prep yourself in games mode and really kind of throw the adrenaline in there. And, um, so it was, yeah, it was, it was really good timing. So, um, crazy how fast things just kind of went then, you know, between the online qualifiers to the actual wheel wide games and also in Wadapalooza. Now we got the open in a couple of weeks. It's like, it's, it's a heavy time for adaptive athletes. It's been, this is kind of like really in the midst of our season more than yeah. I think most athletes yeah. realize. So have, um, have you talked to Johnny? He had a, he had a major health scare recently. Didn't yeah, he? he really did. Yeah. Um, he was actually at Wadapalooza. He was down there. He was, he was, yeah, it was incredible. I mean, um, yeah, so it's I basically, I mean, I don't, I don't want to speak for him cause I don't know entirely, but I know, um, it was basically like a, a stroke in a way, not like not a full fledged stroke, but he had a stroke where, um, it just was all of a sudden he just started experiencing these symptoms that made him question like what's going on. So he's very coherent and present with everything. He went to the doctor and then all of a sudden it really unfortunately took a spiral and he all of a sudden was having emergency brain surgery. Um, and so he, that was, I mean, that all had to have lapsed within like two weeks of us being in yeah. news river. I mean, it was just crazy how all of a sudden we're like, seen on Facebook and seeing all these DMS, like, no, like there's no way, like this guy was totally healthy, just destroying this competition for us. And like, just crazy to think how quickly that all spiraled for him. But um, yeah, he's doing well. He's made a ton of progress since, I mean, he's in a position of having to relearn how to walk, relearn how to do a lot of this point uh, slurred speech, but you know, we all know Johnny, we know he's not going to give up and, and slow, let the slow him down at all. So, um, just to have him there was, was pretty cool. Um, he's got a, uh, a cool vibe about him right now. It's pretty chill. And he's getting pushed around in a wheelchair. We're all threatened by the fact that he might be another seated athlete someday, but hopefully not. So <laughs> <laughs> I think he was, jo- he was joking. He wanted to be in the neuro division. I think I read that. I'm like, yeah, Whoa. he's, uh, he's got his qualifications right now. So hopefully those don't last too long. So, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, prayers out to him. He's a great right. for, for anyone who doesn't know Johnny and like the work he's put into the adaptive community. First of all, terrific dude, like oh, yeah. really, really solid human being. And, uh, you know, I guess the irony of it is like, he's, you know, if he's doing this, you know, recovery now, if anyone's equipped to understand what that looks oh, like, yeah. it would be him, you know? No, absolutely. Yeah. I almost feel like it's like a, 
it's almost like a message in a way, you know, like just listening to him talk before we started the games in November at Noose River and just his passion and excitement and his, his drive to continue to grow adaptive athletics in general, not just CrossFit, but athletics and just see that there's so many facets of opportunity for so many individuals that I was just like, I'm like, I wanted to stand up. I'm like, let's go, you know, and I wanted to get it out for him. But he, it's just like, I think for him, this is like almost a holistic experience of like, for how committed he was to now, like actually have a perception of walking in some of our athletes shoes, you know, it's, right. it's crazy to think about what this could do for him and what this can do for wheel lot. And I mean, it's, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't consider it a blessing, but I mean, I think Johnny's going to figure out how to make the most of the situation he's in. So yeah. Well, it's the, the power of the adaptive community. Like, as I've seen people rally around them and, you know, maybe you can speak to what it's done for you. I mean, you came into yeah. it from a swimming background and, right. you know, I, I see what they're doing for him. And anytime anything happens in the adaptive community, it feels like that group of the CrossFit community rallies around each other like no other. Do you get that? Is that the same sense you get being a part of it or is it different being on the inside? No, I would definitely agree. I think we all feel that same way. It's one of those things where, you know, I don't know what it's like comparatively to the able-bodied CrossFit atmosphere, like at the games level and everything. But I mean, we're there for a four-day party. Like as soon as we're on the competition floor, it's all like all bets are off. Like I hate you for about seven minutes and I'm going to go as hard as I can. And then as soon as we're done, it's like, we're back to like nothing ever happened, you know? And I think that's, that's true for every athlete. I feel like we all know each other incredibly well. We know where people came from. We know each other's backgrounds. Um, And I think, we all are under the mindset of we've always had to adapt our life and our daily life. And so watching each other succeed is almost like an expectation. You know, it's because like, you should know how to figure this out. You should know, Oh, Hey, we had a something almost synonymous to the flip sled at Wadapalooza. We had this big coffin and it was like a hundred pound, can't remember exactly poundage, but it was just like take four like rogues mesh boxes and like, bound them together and we had to do a rowing event where we then were going and flipping this coffin over and over again. And we'd never seen it. We weren't allowed to touch it until we got onto the gate onto the floor. And it was one of those things where you had to adapt on the fly. And it was all like, we're all just like, yeah, we can figure this out. We got this. And I think whenever we see something like Johnny happen, or we see, um, you know, the loss of a loved one that we've experienced recently as well with one of our CrossFit games athletes, um, just the, the community support is so quick because I think we've all realized the impact we've made on each other and just kind of being able to see disabilities from different perspectives. And I think we all kind of have a moment of like, oh, I actually don't have it that bad, you know, or, Oh, wow. Like I'm glad I don't have to deal with that. You know, those kind of those moments where you, you appreciate what you've got in the, in the real sense. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's very welcoming. I know when I first joined into the group and 2017, it was all satellite and virtual cause I hadn't met anybody and I just did the open and, you know, Stoutenberg, Stoutenberg and Ogar are reaching out like, who's this dude that's a seated athlete from Milwaukee? Like, we haven't met this guy. And now Kevin's, you know, basically one of my right-hand mans at this point. And so, um, yeah, it's just a, it's a great community to be a part of. Um, anybody and everybody's welcome. And we're always trying to bring more athletes to see the realization. Um, like I said, I came from swimming. And in the Paralympic system, it's very finite qualifications and, and specs to, to be qualified for certain divisions of swimming. And when I came to CrossFit and I just saw this huge umbrella of fitness for all and how quickly we've been embraced into the CrossFit brand as an adaptive division and, and seeing that like 
we're promoting this so well to the entire community, not just people that can swim or people that are missing a limb or missing, you know, have to use a wheelchair. It's just like, if you want to go work out, find a gym and we'll take care of you. And that's just been really neat to see that, that transformation. And it's really opened my eyes to how exciting CrossFit can be on a daily aspect, let alone just, you know, a competitive side. You know, you said all that and I realized you and I have something in common that I too also don't know what it's like to be an able-bodied CrossFit games athlete. So, <laughs> but, uh, we, we absolutely have that in common. I love it. See, this is why I love the adaptive community. I couldn't tell a joke that you guys would be offended by. I offend so many people on a regular basis. Oh, God. And I ran into, uh, I ran into Austin. Do you know Austin Roth from the, oh, the yeah. division? Yep. Yeah, I ran into Austin. We were at Wadapalooza. Ben, I don't even know if I told you this. And he comes over to me and, and uh, you know, he and I have kind of communicated, I think, a little, you know, through Instagram before. I don't really know him that well, you know, like kind of like everybody, like we've talked, but I don't really know him. And he comes over to me and introduces himself. And, you know, he's like, hey, thanks for all your help. And I'm like, hey, how's the competition going? And he's like, well, I'm currently in second place. I'm like, well, you better not talk to me again if you don't get first. And I was like, real serious. And he, he's, like, he's like, okay. And then the next day I get a text message or a DM that said, Hey, I won. And I'm like, all right, you're good. You, you are allowed to speak to the meme Lord again. Yes, you're allowed. Yes. To, you're allowed to talk once again. I'm, like, I'm glad yeah, it, it, I saw that. I think I saw that DM on your, on your story. And I was like, what? Like, what? it's good to have the context. Yeah. That's it amazes me how many people take you very seriously, John. Like, I, I know. And it's the entire, it's like what you do is, is make jokes and it just kind of blows my mind. It's kind of, it's, it's amazing. I think, I think people get, and you know, this kind of applies to the adaptive community. I think people get so caught up in themselves and what they don't understand. And they get so caught up in themselves and what they think they should be offended by. Like they're scared to ask questions. Or if you make a joke about someone, they're like, Oh, that's so offensive. But when you actually talk to like, I had Kevin Ogar was on kettlebells and cocktails not that long ago. And we were about halfway through the show and he kept saying things. And I'm just like, finally, I stopped him. I'm like, Kevin, I don't think we can say those words in the air. Like, you know, I mean, like every other thing coming out of his mouth just sounded offensive. He's like, no, 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 it's fine. It's totally fine. It's all good. Yeah. You know, it's all good. But I guess the point to that is I think people are, they're so worried to ask questions for fear of offending people. They feel like they have to be offended. Yeah. You know? Just yeah, just, I understand that. I think there's an innate like urge. I feel like with a lot of individuals that like when they see somebody that's disabled, or especially when they see a wheelchair where the disability is incredibly present, right? Like they right. feel this need to help right away and feel like they have to support you somehow. And it's like I get it, I understand it, and I'm cool with it because I know they don't know any better. But I'm always in a situation of like I always prefer you ask than assume like, what happened? How are you? Like, why are you this way? You know, those kind of things. Like just, you know, it's not like I'm going to bite your head off or something like that. You know, if you offend me, I'll let you know. But most of the times, like most individuals in, that are disabled are prepared for these kind of conversations because they've had to deal with them their whole entire life. And so it's just kind of almost like you're not surprised by it when you hear it. You know, sometimes people come off in a, in a you know, less than pleasant way, but you know, they, intentionally mean well so it's like can't really hold a grudge against anybody mm. so yeah yes well i uh i hold a grudge against you because you can do like a thousand muscle ups in a row for whatever <laughs> that's worth so it's true like you know that don doesn't quite have that up his sleeve yet i i don't i like um, the yet though. i like the yet 
Yes. <laughs> Yet. Yeah. I can do I can do singles and doubles. There There's still go. time for him to age out of the muscle up division. So there you go. Maybe you just been doing it wrong and need to do seated ring muscle ups like me. Maybe that's what yeah. I think. That's yeah. what I well, maybe. Maybe yeah. I need to. It is impressive. Like it's crazy impressive. I watched that video and I posted it once of you was like at the end of a workout. And how many did you yeah. do in broken in that set? Was it 10? That was yeah, that was 10. So that was um one of our huge chippers at the games. It was like 70 wall balls. Um we had 60 feet of hand uh, wheelies that we did back and forth. Um, we had some like dumbbell step overs, like 40 dumbbell step overs with our hands. So we had, we we're on the floor on all fours and we had to set like raise dumbbells up to like two forty fives, I believe, and then back down. Um, and then there was med ball sit-ups and then it was 10 ring muscle-ups. So it was like round one, I had just done them seated on the floor and then I'm getting closer to round two and, and Saudi and Ogar are like, I'm like, they're laughing. Like you need to go up. I'm like, go up. He's like, yeah, you got it. And he's like looking at the high rings. I'm like, Oh, I can just go up and, you know, do them as a able-bodied athlete. And I think just pure adrenaline right there just kind of got me through it. I was excited about it. Johnny was on the mic, just yelling and hooting and hollering. So it was, yeah, they felt smooth. And I actually have never been on, um, short straps like that either. We have huge long straps at our gym. So um just that short strap and how much snappier it felt. I was like, oh I can do this for days. They're so and, much better, dude. Oh like, I was I was so mesmerized. I was like in a trance for like the first six. I'm like, I don't feel yeah. lick. Like let's when go. You, so when you've learned on high straps, like that's where I learned was like super long straps. And there's yeah. like this crate like it's so hard to stay balanced under the rings. And then you have like 15 foot anchors or even 20 yeah. foot anchors or 12 foot anchors. I've seen like I had those originals once and it's just like, you feel like you're God's gift to muscle ups. Oh, like, yeah. It's it just like awesome. unbelievable. Yeah. No, I have, uh, it's actually funny. Somebody asked me that at Wadapalooza. Like, I haven't actually done like a full unbroken set. I don't know what my max is on a ring muscle up yet. I know I've done 15 in a row as part of a workout once, but I've never really gone for it. So I'm always, uh, the, That's the savage for time is always kind of like looming. I want to just try and see what I can do. So we'll find a good day for that. Maybe sometime soon. <laughs> That's epic. The 15. I mean, that's no joke. Like when you start getting double digits, um, it's like, all right. I mean, especially on the rings, like yeah. bar, I mean, not taking any, anything away from bar, but like, no. Bar muscle-ups, I've seen, you know, 20s, something like that. But, man, right. when you start getting into the teens on 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 the rings, like, that, your dip strength must be really strong. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, that's, that's, awesome. that's literally the wheelchair doing yeah. its job right yeah. there. All the daily pushing, the having to, you know, hoist myself out of the swimming pool, like, every yeah. day, just dipping out. Like, I mean, I did dips for – I couldn't even tell you how many dips I did just getting yeah. out of the pool deck. So, yeah. That's, <laughs> why, that's why I'm bad at muscle-ups is all this damn walking. That's my problem. <laughs> it's overrated. It's overrated. So much fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the workout because I think often people, you know, they think of um, adaptive workouts and much like they do scaled workouts that we talk about on the show often. It's, oh, that must be easier. <laughs> you know, and then yeah. you just describe that. I'm like, holy shit, I don't want to do that workout. That sounds terrible. Like, right. You, uh, you had the, you had, um, you had the champ with you. I think I saw the other day. You guys had uh, Medeiros. Yeah, doing that was a workout. Awesome. Did you put him through a workout? Too. Yeah. So that was a great work. Uh, a great example too of where, and and Wadapalooza in general. I think Kevin and Stouty and everybody that program did a great job of really matching the stimulus that the rest of the Ewa or the Wadapalooza community was doing. 
And I think that's what they were told is like, we want to try and make these workouts as, you know, aesthetically similar as possible. Right. And, um, so the celebrate 10 workout, which was begrudgingly the only workout we had on Saturday, I didn't get to real swim run still bitter, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) um, we had to do, um, five rounds of 15 ring pull-ups into five heavier snatches and then five rounds of, um, five ring muscle ups into 15 lighter snatches. And there was no escape. Like there was, I mean, the able-bodied community had the same, they had what I believe handstand pushups and then ring muscle ups. And then I got to do overhead squats. So they got a freaking break and we were just lat destruction for 12 minutes. It was ruthless, but, um, so Jedediah Nelson, who was a great buddy of mine, um, He's a seated one athlete. So just for those that are unaware, there's a seated one and a seated two division now. Um, after the 2019 Open in Wadapalooza, um, we split actually into a seated athlete with hip function and a seated athlete without hip function. So though I do use a wheelchair, I can get up and walk around. Um, I can, you know, hip thrust into a ring muscle up like we're talking about so much. And, um, you know, I can, I, I walk around quite a bit, like, at home here, I leave my chair in the car. I don't bring it inside the house and, and stuff. I can go up and down the stairs if I need to, but I digress. Um, nonetheless, we were all together at Wadapalooza. So seated one and seated two competed against each other, but with different standards, which I personally loved because it made things more competitive for Jed and I relative to each other, which is really cool. We've been knowing each other. He was one of the first athletes I met when I came into the Wada wheel wide scene. And, um, so just for us to be able to kind of match each other's intensity was really neat. Um, but he grew up in Boise and still lives in Boise. And that's where um, Medeiros is from as well, or at least close to school, I know. Um, and I know they've trained quite a bit together um, before Medeiros was a big name and a household name. I think he's actually going over to Jed's quite a bit. And so um, I think right after the CrossFit Games, not soon after, or maybe it was right after, no, it was right after the Wheel Log Games in November, Medeiros actually went again to Jed's place um, did a seated workout with them at his garage gym and just, you know, threw down. It was really cool. And then, um, Medeiros wanted to wheel man for Judd, uh, Jed at Wadapalooza. Um, and so it was just a really cool experience to have him there with us around. I think the buttery bros jumped in with one of the female athletes in the next heat. So just for Medeiros to be there and to, you know, be willing to be so accommodating to the adaptive athletes who, you know, you know, we're out there trying to do the same thing as the able-bodied athletes and, um, just for him to recognize that and be so appreciative of that. I mean, it was really cool. Cause we sat in line for probably a whole heat ahead, like getting stage ready to go. And I, he had to have taken at least a hundred pictures in a 12 minute span, just everyone like, Oh my God, it's Justin, like out of nowhere. And <laughs> it was, what was so cool though. is like very quickly, he started to be like, I'll take your picture only if you come onto the deck and watch this next event. Like he was prompting everybody to go and watch these seated athletes come to celebrate 10 and just, his, you know, outpour of support was just really cool. And he came up to us afterwards after that workout. He's like, Oh my God, we got to go home. And he's talking to Julian from the, their, the videographer for the buttery bros. Like we got to go home and do this workout. Like it looks so terrible. And, and just kind of like the excitement that he shared was, was just a really cool experience. And, um, my wheelman, Jason Olenicek, who's the kind of He's Bill. He's the head of our gym here up in Milwaukee, and he goes everywhere with me. He's been there since day one. He was kept joking with uh, Madero's, like right even like as I said, stand by. He just looks so he's just don't mess it up. And Justin's like, no. I just started to panic. It was pretty great, but uh, 
it was um it was a really cool experience it was really fun to have him on there he he is a nice nice dude oh absolutely yeah he's just got that it, it just exuberant excitements you know it's just he's just always pumped all the time you gotta love it yeah, it was exciting to see him out there with you guys and, uh, you know, watched a couple of videos of him actually doing the doing some of the workouts and some of the movements. And I think it helps that, uh, you know, show that this is not easy. Like it's, you know, you guys aren't exactly lollygagging through the workouts. Like most of the workouts you guys do, I'm like, nope, I want nothing to do with that. Like, yeah, you yeah. guys do like just, I mean, some grunt work, man. Like, yeah. like it's, it, I don't know. I think, um, like I probably take for granted, like all these, like for me, it's all about like the skills, like these like little teeny intricate skills, but like sure. you guys are like moving those dumbbells around. I like, I'm watching all that. I'm just like, I don't like, I would be so bad at this. <laughs> like this, this is just grunt work, man. Yeah. That, uh, grind. that last workout. Yeah. It was the 55 devil press. So for us, it's just a swinging press. So we have to bring the dumbbell past our back axle. And then we just swing through and press up through to the, into lockout. And like, that's a gross enough movement for like 10 of them. So 55 was a whole new game. I think I like started to black out at like, I went 30 and broken to start and immediately regretted that as soon as I put them down. So that was uh yeah, that's, it's some good stuff. I think it's really motivating to see how well CrossFit starting to, you know, promote adaptive athletes, especially in the open and having our leaderboard and, and being a part of all of that. I think we're slowly beginning to really see how well, this can translate and just become a wider, well-known idea that like these workouts are, like you said, no joke. And the stimulus is still there. And, you know, Kevin and Saudi are going to always do their best to program things that make us feel terrible. Like that's what they enjoy. That's their passion in life. So well, <laughs> never... they, make you, they make you do the assault bike. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, come on, bro. Like give them something <laughs> like <laughs> at least like, don't make them do that. But no, right. they, they built these arms and they put them in. So you're basically pedaling the bike with your arms. I'm like, that's so much worse. So, yeah. So much yep. worse. Oh yeah. Well, and that, we had that at the uh, wheel lot game. So our first workout was three different scores. We had four minutes to find a seated athletes had to find a uh, one rep bench press. And then we had a minute transition. Then we had one minute echo bike, max calorie, one minute transition, and then four minutes to find a one rep clean. And I went in thinking like, okay, I'm going to open out 135 on that clean, like no problem. I'll be all good. Um, and I think I hit about 19 calories on the echo bike in one minute, like arm only. And I came off of that thing and everything just started spinning. I was like, what is happening? I am not prepared for this next four minute segment. And I think I went to pull 135 and it just didn't go anywhere. I was like, nope, forearms are done. Had to slow down and fortunately got my back up my way back up to the, the 145 I wanted to hit, but it just took a little bit longer than expected because that echo bike, man, those handles are no joke. Yeah, it's just so interesting watching, you know, I I always think how bad the bike is sitting there pedaling on it, but, you know, mostly just because of what it does to your lactic acid. And then as I've talked to Stouty and some of the others about it, just thinking about how much worse that is when it becomes your forearms. Yeah. You know, I just, I can't even wrap my mind around it. Ben, yeah. have you ever, have you ever tried it? No, not once. I mean, <laughs> Don't. I've, I've been on the bike it. and just like done the handles, you know, like I do that in warm up where I take my feet off and I just do the handles. And that's hard enough as it is, but no, no, I I don't do many things with the bike. I I try to, you know, just cherry pick those workouts or or avoid it or just change it. You know, typical wad prep stuff. You just scale and bail, right? Scale and bail all the time. 
I've been doing a lot of bike lately, but I have not had the guts to try it arms only. It's I haven't seen know. the attachment. I'm, def- I'm definitely going to check it out. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's one of the uh, things built by Equip Products. So they're like yeah. kind of the the go-to person within the adaptive community. We're going to have them on the show soon enough. They were at uh, Rogue Invitational, right? We we spent mm-hmm. a little bit of time talking to them. Yep. And yep. they were at cool. uh, they were at Waza too. Yep. Yep. They make Solid. really, really cool stuff. Mark and Dana are incredible with that stuff. Yeah. I mean, they even built a little rig that allows the screen of an echo bike or an assault bike to flip and rotate so that actually when you're a seated athlete in front of it, right? Because you basically you straddle the wheel if you can, right? I mean, it's a huge wheel, but for me, I'm fortunate enough that my legs can go wide enough that I can just kind of straddle it and get a little bit closer, but like the screen can be there and it's so much better. I still, we're, we're working on getting one for our gym here, but like waiting, like I'll set the echo bike up for like a certain number of calories or a certain amount of time. And like, just waiting for that beep is like the longest thing when you can't see the screen. <laughs> Dude, so just hard. waiting for the first calorie is hard. Oh enough. my God. So yeah. I couldn't imagine just, just an endless, like, when is it going to be <laughs> for real? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, so bad. Well, listen, let's take a quick break. We want to talk about our mid-show sponsor real quick. And then I've got a lot of questions for you, Tom, about kind of the state of the games and where we're going and your next championship and a lot of stuff to talk about. But Ben, Ben, uh, you and I need to talk about Advocate, which is a close friend of yours, but um, something I really believe in, which is, um, you know, a company that helps with mental health, which is yeah. terrific. The It's so interesting because right now, like I'm – it used to be maybe something that I wouldn't be uh, proud to admit, or I'd be afraid to admit, but now I'm, now it's almost like it's, it's getting cooler to admit that you go to therapy. Um, And I do. And I just think it's, uh, it's, it's not an emergency button, right? Like some, a lot of people, when they think therapy, it's like, Oh, I go to therapy when like, when my life is spiraling out of control and this is my last ditch effort. It's like, no, like, Having used therapy the last couple of years, I realized like this is this is a part of my health routine just as much as going to the gym, just as much as sleeping and avoiding alcohol. <laughs> you know, it's like right. all of those things play into um, your overall health, whether it's mental health and physical health. And yeah, I've really enjoyed my my time with my therapist recently. I'm like currently working on, you know, like learning what are my true core values in life, but uh, I just can't begin to describe how powerful I think therapy can be, even for healthy, strong-willed, level-headed individuals. Like you might not understand how much you need it until you try it. So uh, that's why I'm super excited that we're we're partnering up with Advocate. And uh, I know they have a, a special deal. Basically, Advocate uh, can help you save a ton of money on therapy because it, one, it's hard to find a therapist sometimes. Two, they can be really expensive. So Advocate is really good at helping um, you either save a bunch of money or be able to use insurance so that you can afford uh, therapy. And I know if you go to advocate.com slash scale, it's uh, A-D-V-E-K-I-T dot com slash scale. Um, and if you use the code scale 50, it gets you 50% off your first therapy session. So highly recommended. Um, John, any any other thoughts there about about therapy and talking to people about feelings? No, other than I had all my notes here and you just killed it. Like you crushed that. Right the, nice job. I'm pa- when I'm passionate about something, I don't need notes, man. I just, I know. It. No, it's great. No, look, I think you hit it right on the head. I mean, I, you know, I've been thinking recently, you know, about my own, like all the things I'm working on this year, which has been, you know, making sure my programming's right and nutrition. And I'm like literally tracking 
everything, tracking sleep and macros and like kind of nuancing all the aspects of my life. And this is the one thing I think most people overlook, which is, you know, how's your mental well-being? And and that for the record plays into all those other things that you're tracking. Yeah. And that's why I think this is really, really impactful for people because for someone like me, um, it, this is going to be hard to believe, but like, I hate talking to people I don't know, hate it. Sure. Like it's, I just get anxiety ridden by it. And so if I have to go find someone, like if I have to go find a doctor that I don't know, like it's really create stress in me. And I think that's yeah. why this is really cool is that, you know, it takes away some of that dawning and overwhelming feeling of, I got to go find it. And they help you do that. And yeah. Um, yeah. I just think it can be a, a really big addition to your, your physical fitness to really focus on your mental fitness. So yeah, it's mental fitness is very important. Um, I, I can't speak highly enough about it and you, you're just going to be amazed, especially when you get paired with the right therapist and you start working through some stuff. You're like, wow, like it's, it's powerful. It's really refreshing when someone who's actually licensed and trained, not just some Joe Schmo public speaker who did one TEDx talk and wrote a book about it. Like that's, that's where a lot of people <laughs> like get their quote unquote therapy from is they'll read some random self-help book. But um, it's really awesome when you're with a trained professional and they know how to ask the right questions yeah. and, and really can help you with that mental fitness. Yep. So advocate.com backslash scale, use scale 50, say 50% on your first visit. Great stuff. Do it. All right, let's do it. All right, Tom, back to you. So I got I got to show you this, bro. No one's going to, this is audio for everyone else, but nobody else is going to see it. So I was doing research on you trying to find all this other stuff. We got to talk about this haircut that you're probably not going to be able to see. Oh, Hold on. Gosh. You can see it. I don't know if you can see it. Oh my God. I what think is I know where it's coming from. Is yeah, it, is it a pretty steel blonde and looks like iron, like iron wool, basically. It, it looks like you put a big bowl on top of your head and yep. just cut I around really and want to see this up. picture how do i find this picture I'm hold on i've got it for, oh, hold yeah. on i've got it for you i ha i have it it's, it's oh epic. man it's, it, it just like feels like a whole different person yeah look at this oh yeah oh, oh yeah, yeah that guy. <laughs> who is that guy wow. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know him i love it so much for everyone listening you need to do yourself a favor and go subscribe yeah. to our youtube channel so you don't miss exclusive bonus content like tom's hair i'm i'm oh, using man. i'm using that for the uh social post oh please that's, By all that, means. That's, that's, that's absolute no i'm so i'm not gonna tease you too long about it but i do want to talk about the state of the game so uh okay. so you you've won like basically everything you've entered and you know we've been obviously doing this campaign recently for uh that we're calling adapt to the competition or join the community adapt to the competition designed to raise money for uh, the five divisions that aren't getting invited to Madison, you happen to be in one of those divisions. Yep. Uh, so we're kind of actively raising money for you. So you know, <laughs> whatever you help us with here might go in your pocket if you can just win your division again. But, <laughs> but yeah, I guess I'm just looking for some insight. Like, you know, there's, I, I've heard so many mixed feelings from athletes within those divisions of how they feel about it. Like it's as someone who's kind of the leading person in your division, how's your, how's your feeling about, you know, CrossFit's focus on inclusion and like, you know, kind of your focus going through this open. Yeah. Thanks. Well, again, first off, I just want to say thank you on behalf of myself and all of you a The campaign that you're running is just really cool. It's very humbling just to see your support. You know, it's oftentimes that we're surrounded by so many adaptive athletes and coaches that coach adaptive athletes to have somebody that doesn't really have a full connection to the adaptive community be as supportive you have is, is really cool. Um, but it's interesting. I, 
I can remember back to last year when we saw the trial run, right? And we had the standing lower, standing upper, and the neuros be selected to go to Madison. And I was like, okay, cool. And we are definitely all in a mindset of like, this is a cool trial run. Like we get it, like got to figure it out. Let them work through logistics, logistics and kind of know like, how is this going to work with setup and everything? And I think we came around um, late last year and they were talking about how it was going to depend on open participation from the other groups. Cause they had took it. I guess, I guess they had taken the three most populated groups from the open to Madison which, um, you know, makes sense. You want to make sure you have, you're choosing the cream of the crop. And I, I totally get that. Um, and I think this year then rolled around where the, it was kind of the same concept of like, let's see how open participation goes and, and we'll, we'll plan forward. And, um, I know Kevin had been in many numerous talks with CrossFit. I know, um, Chris Sautenberg had been throwing his influence around there as well. And so I think all of us athletes were under the perception that there was going to be a lot more inclusion this year. Um, and so, when the whole fate of this year was determined before any sort of open participation was even noted, we were all a bit shocked. Um, I, I don't want to speak entirely for Kevin, but I know that he was a little taken back when he didn't see that like seated athletes were not going to be in Madison this year. Um, and I think we were all a little bit shocked. I think coming from my perspective, I think it's great that we have a semifinal. I know it's virtual and I don't want to be at home doing it. And that's, you know, maybe not everything that we wanted. And, you know, you look at Wadapalooza and how well they just orchestrated this with so many people and made it inclusive for all athletes. Like how could we not go to a live semifinal as well? You know? Um, but at the same time, I don't know anything about the financials. I don't know anything about the logistics of volunteers of, um, renting space and making things accommodating. I was able to go to Madison as I was 90 minutes away. So I went and watched the adaptive athletes last year at the games and, you know, they're doing the deadlifts and rope climb workout. And I'm looking at that huge, what 18 inch foam mat underneath the ropes on turf already. And I'm asking myself like how many seated one athletes are gonna be able to get themselves through that turf onto that mat to the middle of the mat. to then pull themselves up to a rope climb, you know, and it's like, yes, they'll figure it out. They'll get there. You know, that's, that's just the nature of an adaptive athlete, but it's also like one of those things logistically, like, you know, they're not going to move those mats. So they're not there. Right. And so um, it's, it's a bummer that we're not there because I feel like we belong there. You know, we've, we've trained very synonymously to many elite athletes and we push ourselves in many of the same ways to be at the level that we are. Um, And so it's tough because I want to be there, but I also understand, like, I don't know enough to know why we're not right. And so I'm not going to point fingers or or start playing the blame game because um, we're still making progress. We didn't even have a semifinal last year. And yeah, I get it. It's virtual, but who's to say what comes from that yet? We don't even know if, you know, there's a lot of changes going on in CrossFit right now. You know, who knows? Something more could change in the next couple of months. We, for all we know. So um, I'm optimistic. You know, and I'm coming from the perspective too, that, like I said, with swimming, it was such a specific individual that you were looking for in the Paralympic system to be a part. Right. And then, and then hopefully groom them well enough to succeed where when I see CrossFit being so welcoming to anybody, and then to see how quickly that has evolved within the U S alone, because it took until this past uh, quad, this past Olympic games, Paralympic games for it to be televised on us TV. You know, I competed in the 2008 Beijing Paralympic Games and it was, you know, I had friends staying up at 3 a.m. in the morning to watch it on the Internet if they could find a feed that made sense. And you know, like, there was none of that at the time. So 
to see CrossFit embrace adaptives so quickly, you know, as soon as Glassman left and all of a sudden like adapter just came on the scene really fast. I know Glassman probably had a lot of influence in that getting set up to the point where it was that we could be introduced into the system. Um, but does you see how fast it's grown already? I mean, it's pretty cool. So I'm optimistic that in a couple of years time, we'll see a lot more adaptive athletes at the games, wherever they may be, who knows if we're going to be a Madison or not, but, um, you know, I'm going to ride the system as it is, and I'm going to, you know, give my best in the open, make sure we're getting as many people involved as we can. And, you know, hopefully we can get a semifinal set up similar to like the rogue invite where, you know, we're getting live streams and we're all watching each other compete at the same time. You know, that'd be, that'd be great. But um, yeah, you know, I'm, like I said, optimistic. I'll leave it there. <laughs> yeah, the bottom line is like it, the more people groups that CrossFit can like cater to and prov- and help like set an example for mm-hmm. the more impact that CrossFit is going to have on the world. Right? right. Like, and I know Eric Rose's like number one KPI is how many people register for the open. Mm-hmm. And the bottom line is like the more people who watch TV or, or read an article or see something on Instagram where they're like, Oh, like people compete that can't walk or people compete that, only right. have one arm. I mean, yeah. like Lo- like Logan's video where he went viral on like a whole bunch of different things, right? Yeah. I I would be yeah. yeah, yeah. He he did the clean and jerk two twenty five. I can only imagine the amount of people that that not only like inspired, but like the amount of people who who might have like similar things going on that are like, oh my god, like right. Like I can, I can be on a stage like that and, and like throw some weight around. Like, so, I mean, I'm getting like tingles thinking about it, but just like the fact, like when you include more people and have more divisions, I feel like the, the, the positives of that and the amount of people that it can bring over into CrossFit, hopefully outweighs the logistical issues that I, you're right. Like there probably are finance issues there's logistical yeah. like there are there are reasons why mm-hmm. um it's it's harder to run that at the games i mean the games is hard enough as it is right but i i sure hope that um you know it, the ball continues to roll in the right direction which mm-hmm. i like how how optimistic you were about that where it's like hey at least we're kind of like going in the right direction right um and that's i guess kind of all we can ask for as it stands right now and then you got bald-headed men like John just coming up with great <laughs> fundraising ideas. And, uh, and that's, again, it's, it's moving things in the right direction. It's creating yeah. awareness. It's inspiring more people to get involved. Um, so I'm, I'm excited that we're moving in, in the right yeah. direction. Totally agree. And I think one of the coolest things that we can do, and I've, I've thought about this actually talked on it, um, on a, on a friend's po- podcast, um, Taylor Stride from Blue Cities CrossFit, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, we swam together in college. And so um, I've known her for a while. But um, I think something that would be really cool and really easy to do is have adaptive athletes be the Thursday night open premiere, like, reveal workout. Like, have, like, you know, and, and even pair it with an able-bodied individual yeah. and see how you're going to, simu- you know, provide different stimulus for the same thing. And like you were talking about, Ben, it's like, some of the coolest thing react like conversations and connections I've had is like, I'll post a video online of something or and all of a sudden I'll have a parent of a yes. seven year old child with CP and be like, I didn't know that they could do this. Like, I'm so excited and maybe take them to the gym and maybe we can get them going. I'm like, that's everything I need. Like yep. I'm 
You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, change the world every single moment at a time. But like when I can have those moments and just see like that connection happening for somebody, like it makes it so much more gratifying for me to know, like what I'm doing has a purpose and it's just totally. really motivating. So and you, you are like changing that. the world. Like yeah. that's something like I'm super passionate about that. It's like this idea of like, uh, to change the world, you just have to change one person's life, you right. know, like, yeah. I mean, cause they're part of the world. And yeah, I mean the fact that, I mean, that's what I was thinking, man. It's like the amount of parents out there, the, the kids, um, I like, I know everyone comes into their, their adaptation in, in different ways, but I can just imagine the amount of people that just like, are like, wow, like I can compete in this. And then, and then yeah. when you have like that, that fire where it's like, you know, there's, there's a division for me. Right. Um, exactly. That's, that's spectacular. And I'm, I just, yeah, I, I think the open announcement idea is a great idea. Cause that's a pretty big platform. Um, right. Everybody they did something kind of similar, not with an adaptive athlete, but if you remember, they did like a way yeah. back when they did like a garage gym workout and then oh. like randomly had some Joe Schmo in there. And then they've, <laughs> they've had like a couple other, like, you know, just yeah. like randomly chosen people hop in right. and it, one, it shows how incredible the, you know, the, the, the CrossFit games athlete is, but two, it just shows like, Hey, everyone can do this and modify exactly. to their own standards. Um, yeah. and I think the next step there is certainly featuring more adaptive athletes. I think that's a great idea. I mean, I think they've done scaled heats before they even do the, the games athletes heats anyway. So like, yeah. There's yeah. totally room for it, you know, throw a seated athlete and a standing upper together and watch how the same workout can look totally different, but still destroy people in the same way. So, yeah, yeah. They've, they've done that a few times. Well, I think a lot in last year's open, um, in one of the announcements, they had a couple of senior citizens, you know, doing a scaled version of the workout. And I'm watching those guys going, I'd kick their ass at that. <laughs> finally, somebody I got. Finally, somebody I, would, I can I would beat. dust these people. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, I think it's a great idea. I mean, representation is important. That's kind of the whole point of this campaign um, is that I, my hope was that people would see other athletes doing something that they didn't even realize existed. You know, right. like I, yep. I did a post of, um, I forget her, Kim. Um, she's yeah, in the vision. Kim Possible. Yeah. Kim Possible. She's in the vision uh, division. And it was kind of a simple little post. It was like kind of introducing her and I didn't really think anything of it. And I got multiple messages from people going, I had no idea there were people doing CrossFit that couldn't see. I have a relative or a brother or an uncle. I'm going to introduce them to this. Yeah. You know? And it's like, you can get people to come into fitness. It changes their life. You know, they become mm -hmm. part of the community. You know, we mentioned earlier how tight the adaptive community is, but it's bigger than that. Even it's like the yeah. local community where you're making friends and, kind of lifelong connections, you just can't replace that. No, know? not at all. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk to you about, um, you know, you've mentioned it, but we haven't really gotten into it. So you're, you're a hell of a swimmer. <laughs> yes, sir. And, and you didn't get a swim in Madison. You said you I were. Know. Well, yeah, <laughs> still, yet still sweeped every event. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, st still on every event. But uh, how did you find your way from swimming to CrossFit? Like, I, you know, I know that happens often, but you know, it's, it's right. not super common. Well, it's funny. You mentioned earlier about how it's just like building into the community and making sure that there's awareness. Like before I get into all of it, like I got to a point where when I've found CrossFit, I literally just Googled like CrossFit for people in wheelchairs and I found wheel wad. Right. And so it's just one of those things. It was that simple to just kind of start because, um, when I first got into swimming, 
Um, so my coach named Steve, he and I run our swim club together now, Ozaki Aquatics up here. Um, he was my second grade teacher growing up. And then again, my fourth grade teacher. And I had three older siblings who all had him as a teacher prior to me. So he knew well ahead of time who I was before I met him. And um, long story short, he rolled me into a swim club and um, literally he did. And then um, <laughs> got, me, got me going in the water. And um, by high school, uh, when I kind of left swimming for a brief moment and came back to it, he was watching Remember the Titans. And there's a moment in the movie where the star linebacker, or maybe quarterback, I can't remember, gets T-boned and he gets paralyzed waist yeah. down. In the end of the movie, he's cheering with his buddies and celebrating in his hotel or hospital bed. And, um, you know, he's like telling his guys, like, what, like, what are you going to do now? And he's like, it's okay. I figured out there's actually sports for people in wheelchairs. And Steve, my coach, is watching that on TV. He's like, I wonder if that's a real thing. Google's swimming for people in wheelchairs and found that Paralympic system. And that's when we got our whole start. Um, so basically my Paralympic life started in my freshman year of high school, um, qualified for the 2008 Beijing Paralympic Games, my junior to senior year summer of high school, um, and then ended up swimming all the way until basically my post-collegiate life in 2015. Um, I had started with a PT major and then um, missing London in 2012 changed my whole life because I had stopped school and education to focus on training and didn't have a plan B. And then all of a sudden I needed a plan B. <laughs> and um, uh, I switched to elementary education because I had gotten into swim coaching at that point. And so I found that this, there's this harmonious love between coaching, teaching, and being in the swimming pool yet that I wanted to make that an active part of my life. And so in 2015, I was finishing my education degree um, and basically told myself like I who's, who's going to hire a teacher that's constantly having to leave for multiple weeks and months at a time for international competitions. And like the pragmatics of life basically said time to hang it up. And so, um, it was like December of 2015, I stopped swimming. And then I got into my first classroom as a fourth grade teacher in the fall of 2016. And within like months was like, I need to get fit again. Like I'm not using my hips the same way I was in the water. My core is not as stable. Like even just walking around the classroom was a little bit more difficult than I was expecting. And so I'm just thinking like, I got to get back into PT somehow. And um, I was fortunate that our gym originally, um, when we first started, we've moved locations a few times. Um, we were partnered with a chiropractic and muscle movement therapy team next door. Um, and so I'm like, great, like, let's go, you know, check out these guys and, Everybody in the town had been raving about this new CrossFit gym and what CrossFit's all about. And um, I'd seen all the, the the fail videos online and all the the fake dolphin pull ups. And I'm like, no way, I'm not going to do this stuff. And um, so I went to the PTs next door and we started with really basic, simple hip movements and lower limb movements, just keeping my body mobile. And it felt great. I felt like I was really gaining some some of the like the function that I lost, you know, just by not swimming every day. And um, very quickly, it just turned into like, you want to add some pull-ups with this or you want to try some dumbbell stuff? And then it was just like a match made in heaven and fell in love with it. So the swimmer in me loves cardio and loves, you know, chippers and just monostructural work in general and just having a long, grueling engine. Um, and I'm a, I'm a sucker for punishment. I'm a, I'm a glutton for pain. So like, I enjoy being sore. It's kind of a weird mentality, but I just see that as like a reward from working hard the day before and knowing that I pushed myself that much harder than I knew I could. Um, and that always just motivates me more. And um, that just never left when I found the CrossFit gym. You know, I was always that way in the pool and then came to the gym and saw I could do that in, in the same environment and just kind of have that same experience. And 
um, other than puking on my first day in the rower, like it was all pretty good. So <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, it was kind of just one of those things where, I mean, and I started probably like late 2016. So when I found the open, it was just kind of like one of those things of like, Hey, remember when Steve Googled Paralympics, like why don't you try and Google this and see if there's like the open for, for adaptive athletes and found the wheel wide open and told the guys at the gym, like, Hey, I can do these workouts. Just they look a little different, but we're still going to do the same thing. And sure enough, there we go. Well, it, it's funny. I didn't realize you were a swimmer, uh, you know, or, or I kind of knew, but it, I hadn't really done that much research prior to the podcast. Sure. But when I saw you at, at Wadapalooza, I thought that dude is built like a swimmer. <laughs> you do. You have those big shoulders, long arms. Yep. Like you look like you'd be a fantastic swimmer. So I was glad my instincts kicked in. So I was right. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Smart. Yeah. That's where those muscles come from, man. It's lats for days all day. <laughs> yeah. I got so many Gone. things going against me. <laughs> I was going to say, John, uh, you guys are similar because John loves being sore too. Um, just it's a rather than a reward for working out, it's normally just a reward for drinking too much. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. You know, that's, pretty that's much. what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, now, now that you have all these championships, Tom, have you, have you got that monster endorsement yet? They're going to give you no. the sponsorship. I'd love that. That'd be, that'd be pretty awesome. I mean, ultimately that, that high uncomfortable goal of life is to just, live as a sponsored athlete and be able to train all day and live that life. But, uh, adaptive scene hasn't quite opened up that, that avenue just yet. So, uh, you know, hopefully more inclusion and more time around the able-bodied athletes like that Wadapalooza and just being able to get yourself out there and, and show your name to the face and, you know, cross your fingers. You ever, you know, hope it works out sometime. Yeah. The, the interesting thing about all these, uh, competitions, and I think the adaptive division is really no different than even the teens and the masters is that there's no money in it. I mean, that's right. the, that's the reality of it is that people yeah. pay to see the elites. Like I got into kind of a, one of those internet debates, which wasn't much of a debate the other day <laughs> with someone who was like, they said, shouldn't we, you know, treat the everyday athlete the same way we treat the elites. And I'm like, absolutely not. Do you treat your son's little league baseball team? Like you treat the Yankees? Like that doesn't make sense. Like these are the best of the best of the best, you know? And so I don't think we should be going, Hey, adaptive teens and masters should get the exact same experience as the elites. People don't pay for that. Like they just right. don't, but that doesn't mean they don't deserve their own competition or their own representation, because ultimately we're all trying to get people into fitness and a better, healthier lifestyle. Yeah. And I do think that's where getting a live competition, whether it's wheel water, water Palooza, or, you know, fingers crossed, eventually the CrossFit games for all divisions is really important because people will, you know, get a chance to see you do your thing and go, Holy crap. I didn't even know people could do that. Yeah. Maybe I should try it. Maybe I should yeah. mention it to somebody else, you know? And the reason people are doing it, you know, it's one thing at the professional athlete level, like which now CrossFit has turned into, you know, they're professional athletes, although they're not paid quite as much as other sports. <laughs> other than the upper echelon of professional athletes in the sport of CrossFit, like people aren't doing it for the money, right? It's more of just like, it's, it's bragging rights. It's like, yeah, yeah. I want to, I want to see how far I can take this. So I agree with you, John, like the, yes, the, the, the finances and arguing, you know, oh yeah, everyone should be paid the exact same, which means, you know, all three of us, if we started a, a, a flag football team, like we should be asking for contracts just as big as the NFL. Um, it's just like, <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense, but if there's, if there's a division, um, I, I think that that division deserves the right to see who's the best in the division. Um, yeah. So I, I think that, uh, that again, furthers the mission of CrossFit of, 
getting more people involved. And the more people get involved, it's not like I plan to win hundreds of millions of dollars competing in CrossFit. It's more of like, I'm going to see how good I can get at this and see how far I can climb the leaderboard. Right. Yeah. Well, if anybody wants to donate, there's going to be a link. There's a link in our bio for the uh, join the community, adapt to the competition. We have two goals for this. And let me just kind of leave those goals out before we wrap up here, which is number one, we're trying to get more people into the open. And, you know, you said it best, Tom, like they likely did not have all the divisions because there's not enough participation. Well, the easiest way to fix that is to join the open. Exactly. And you have the numbers behind you. So if you know someone out there who, uh, you know, happens to be in one of these uh, divisions, get them signed up. The good yeah, don't news be a is, lurker. There's a lot of lurkers out there. <laughs> There's yeah. always lurkers. And the good news is, is like, you know, our sponsors are really coming through. And uh, a friend of the show, a friend of ours, Dave Kalina, who owns uh, O2 Recovery, has uh, volunteered to offer $20 to, or $20 O2 gift card to literally every single adaptive athlete that enrolls in the open. That is a monster contribution. So if you sign up in the open, you're at a minimum going to get 20 bucks worth of O2, which is delicious. <laughs> so, And also your CrossFit open payment. So you're yeah. breaking even. <laughs> yeah, that's the point. You're not going to lose any money to do it, which is great. And you're hoping, you know, I'm hoping that we'll get future generations into the games. And then the second thing, if you wanted to contribute, is that the price purse that we raise in cash is going to go directly to the top three in each division. So you may be giving Tom here some money, which <laughs> I'm sure he would like. Uh, and then we've also got a bunch of sponsors that um, are coming through with uh, different prizes that will be part of a virtual swag bag. Innovate's uh, got a big gift card that's going to be dropping in there so you can get you know, some swag from Innovate and O2 is and RX Smart Gear and Yeti and AdMat and, you know, Doc Spartan. And there's several others that have all volunteered. So there's going to be some really good prizes coming from this, but we need the community to contribute to help with the cash prize. So fingers crossed. So Tom, go win that prize, man. Go win yeah, it. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. And again, thanks. Thank you for the, the campaign and all that you've done just to help support us athletes. It's uh it's cool to know that we have that waiting for us uh, at the end of the tunnel. So awesome. we're, we're grateful. Unless you, unless you finish second, then I'm not talking to you again. Hey, so I'll, I'll DM you as soon as I win, whenever that may be. Yeah. We'll still make a little money, but not as much as first. So. Well, we, when we had Ogar on uh, the show with Nikki, we were badgering him to enroll in the Open this time. He hasn't been doing the Open. and I'm He like, hasn't been doing the Open. You know, he's, he's got that Bozeman life now. And I'm like, he's, he can still throw down. I think, I think yeah. people underestimate how much that guy can do. He can still move fast. He's, he's a big dude, but he's a juggernaut. He, he won't stop once he starts. If there's a, if there's a one rep match bench press you're done for yep yep (laughs) most humans most humans would be screwed against him in a one yeah what's what's his bench you guys know um he told me it's over 400 right yeah i think he's he had a brief moment after uh, a little while ago that he was training again for a pair of powerlifting he actually did go international with it um i think he opened at 425 (laughs) hit it and then it was like Hoping to hit 445, but barely, I think missed it. But that's insane. Around, yeah, it's like 435, 440, and it's just stupid to comprehend that kind of weight. That's so, unreal. Yeah, yeah, that dude is ridiculously strong. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, he just throws around 100 pound dumbbells, 120 pound dumbbells, like they're just like 25s. It's like okay, that's fine. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> he's the man. So we'll we'll see if he enrolls. But everybody, if he doesn't, everybody else should get go get your O2 gift card. So absolutely. 
All right, Tom. Well, thanks for joining us. We appreciate hey, thank you. you, John. Thank you, Ben. I appreciate it a lot. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. And uh, thanks, especially for the mental challenge of trying to pronounce your name the right way. So I'm very <laughs> proud of myself. <laughs> now you won't forget it. I love it. <laughs> it's an honor to have a fellow Polish person on here. Let's go. <laughs> there you go. All right, Ben. Great seeing you again, man. Glad you're uh, recovered from our trip. Yeah. Yeah. I've been recovering very well. With It's really easy to just stop drinking alcohol. And it's amazing what your body does. Your body's like, thank you so much for then, not staying up till three in the morning and doing tequila yeah. shots at breakfast. Yeah. I remember yeah. I was there. I was there for that <laughs> breakfast. All right. Well, for everyone listening, we appreciate you guys joining the scale and bell podcast and we will chat with you guys soon.